I'm Nathan. And I'm Lucas. And we are back with another episode of the Monster Pod. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Babadook. It uh, came out in 2014. Um, if you're listening to this now, it is not 2014. No. <laughs> this, this, At least a couple of years after 2014. This Australian horror movie has marinated for a few years now. And plenty of people have seen it. And I have heard plenty of different reviews on it. And I don't know so much if we are actually reviewing as we're just talking about it. Yeah, I mean, we're doing what we've done on uh, on the first two, where it's just, this is the movie, now let's dive into it. Right, and here's a dirty little secret. The first time I saw the Babadook, or the Babadook, Baba. they say Duke or Duke. Baba. Duck. They say duck. They say Baba Duck. Yeah. Um, which I guess is the correct pronunciation. Um, I did not like this movie. And I broke one of my own movie-watching rules, which may sound really nerdy, but I believe it's kind of important. Um, because I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Sometimes you shouldn't... Every time you watch a movie, there's a way to watch the movie... To where you're actually watching the... Um, do you need help with the game? No, no, you're fine. You can keep talking. He's, I know, he's I know producing. He's producing while we're, while we're talking. I'm um, tweaking your knobs while you're saying some words. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, because I'm always... Bit. Am I... Oh, was I not high enough? Yeah, super weird, because normally we're... You at least are peeking it yeah, out. Yeah, normally I'm through the roof. Yeah. The roof. Baba roof. Here, I'm sorry. <laughs> Isn't that the Scooby-Doo version? I need to pray. But they take the mask off the Babadook. Just Babadook. Just to make it a day. Look. Yes. So, anyway, it's a... I, I watched the movie as a quote-unquote rubber mask monster movie. Wrong. This... this um, Correct me, or don't correct me, but if you have a different opinion about this, let me know. But I, I think we're on the same level at this point. This movie is not to be watched by your 14-year-old kid. No. This is actually an adult horror movie with adult themes. If you have never lived life, you're going to miss it and you're not going to you're only going to like it so much and you're not or you're not going to like it at all. And I watched it like a 14-year-old kid excited to watch a horror movie because I heard great things about it. It's great if you watch it as an adult. That well, and has those lived adult, life. Yeah, because those adult themes, not sex, violence, drugs, language. Adult themes like having kids, having a job, dealing with loss. Like like mature adult themes, not like What's ooh, mature adult themes. <laughs> right. <laughs> not triple X mature. Right. Not 18 or older mature. Or 17, depending on where you live. This is, are you mature enough mentally to... Get the get how scary these themes actually are because they're literally taking vulnerability and showing you how scary vulnerability actually is. And the more I uh, read into this movie and and actually allowed myself to peel back the layers and not just watch it on its own. And I couldn't peel back the layers if I hadn't talked to Nathan uh, because I told him, I don't like this movie. And he said, well, what about this? What about this? And I said, well, what about it? And then I said, aha, you're right. Well, what about, and we went back and forth and that's what we're going to do today. Um, and hopefully maybe change your mind if you didn't like the, the movie. 
And if you're not old enough to get the theme, or if the themes, if you're not ready for the theme, then yeah, you're not going to like it, and that's okay. It's not for you. Not everything is for you. But it's actually, in the in the midst of all the just rubbish, just complete heartless garbage that's come out, this is uh, this this movie has a heart, but it's dark. Yeah. It's a dark heart. Well, and like we're. I feel like every single movie that we talk about, that's going to be the driving theme, is whether or not it had heart. Right. Um, but, you know, you said that you watched it like a rubber mask monster movie. Just, oh, where are the scares? Where's it going to jump there out? There was a monster. It looked cool. I wanted to see uh, how they interpreted a cool monster coming through. I wanted to see a child in peril. I was hoping that it was going to have that. Holy cow, did it in spades. Yeah. But on a, <laughs> on a real level. Not the way you expected. I mean, like, we've talked about that before in terms of, you know, my background psych. Uh, so when I watch horror movies... I don't just watch what's going to jump out. I watch movies with the, what does the thing jumping out mean? What does that stand for? So when I watched it, like I loved it the first time around because everything that I was watching was just like, oh man, this movie is terrifying, not because of the Babadook, but what the Babadook represents. Right, not because of the background music uh, hyping up the tension, not because the Babadook looks awesome, but is a complete ripoff of... Um, not, not. Is it Lon Chaney? Yes. Um, is it Lon Chaney with the? They lost it. They lost the movie. No one's seen this movie. I think the thing is supposed to be a vampire in this old movie, not the Babadook. But um, it looks exactly like it with the top hat, the big eyes, the sharp teeth, the cloak, <laughs> the top hat. Everything is almost exactly the same, but it's kind of updated for now. Right. And it is. I would. I loved it. I loved it. If I was younger, I would have a figurine of the Babadook. No joke. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't oh, yeah. you have like have it like with the other creatures? Like be like, oh, and the Babadook. And this one is one of the scariest ones because it can kind of be real. Yeah, especially. And we'll uh, explain what I mean by real. I, I would I would like the early version of the Babadook when like you first kind of see it, and yeah. like it's just starting to go from like in the book when it's starting to go from. Uh, here's this Oh, like thing the smiling one? Where it's smiling, but the one right after that, where it's like the kind of toothy, yep. gnarly smile. Yeah. Oh, I want that so much. This movie is... Okay, layered and loaded. I don't have enough notes in order, but hopefully Nathan here can keep us on track while my brain starts rabbit trailing. Well, let's start with um, okay, when good. you and I first discussed it. Right. Uh, I talked with Tim about it, and not about us talking about it, but like I, I had just seen it, <laughs> and I talked with you about it, I talked with Tim, and both of you were like, God, I hated the movie. Uh-huh. And when I said why, both of you gave the same response of that bratty little kid. Like, right. the kid ruined the movie because of how terrible and annoying he is. We could not get over it. Which makes sense if you watch it a certain way. Right. Uh, we should probably go ahead and take this point to say... We're going to dive into a lot of stuff, so we're going to hit some spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, stop this, watch the movie, come back, and you'll either agree with a lot of this, yell at us, and tell us that you feel something different, or um, you'll say, still don't like the movie. And in that case, you're a younger listener, period. Or, you know what? A younger listener may love it, and guess what? You're wise for your age. Yeah. So our recommendation, go watch it. It's great. If you want to know why or if you disagree with us, that's what this is going to be about. Essentially trying to convince you that this really is a lot better than some people might think. But watch it like this, though. 
Watch it knowing it is not a monster movie, but it is a monster movie. Also, it is a slow burn movie. Do not expect to be hammered over and over and over again with thrills and chills. It is a slow burn that slowly crawls under your skin and then gets to the heart of the matter and then shakes it until <laughs> it begs for mercy um, and then leaves you trembling, thinking, I don't know if I can handle that again. Um, it, it does leave you a little raw, which is phenomenal and that's why this movie's great so stop it now go watch it then come back okay now you're back great all right let's do this so uh so yeah, you guys hated it because of the kid and how terrible he was. <sighs> and when I was watching it, I was like, I hate this kid. He is so annoying, so terrible. And it makes sense. Like the whole thing, like the, the driving force behind this movie is the dad died when the mother was on the way to the hospital he was, to give birth. He was taking them to the hospital and the car wrecks. Yeah. So the dad dies. The dad dies, but the baby is still born. So every single birthday, and the kid's what, like six, eight? He's seven. Seven? He's seven. Okay. I was, <laughs> well, we, I, was, well, I was around there. Well, we come, we, he's about to, they're talking about having his seventh birthday party. Yeah. That's what it is. So every single birthday, the mom is more and more detached because it is a constant reminder of, oh, right, the love of my life died because of you, you rotten little kid. But that's but we both know, and I'm already peeling it. I don't care. Yeah, we both know that that's multi-layered. Those feelings because she's detached because she is still grieving. We all grieve over something, and if you don't, it begins to eat you alive. And you can basically see. Um, the movie changes from bright happy when we see the family. To whenever dad's gone, we go to a grayscale on this movie, and things are more morose. The mom, the the color is not in her face at all. Her hair is just like she's in the um, wash and go hairstyle, like just forget it, like all the time. She's trying to connect with her son, who uh, we find out has a lot of her dad in him. Yeah. Well, he, and he's, when, the, he's the male character now? And when I say that she hates him, she doesn't know that she hates him yet. Um, she doesn't actually admit or accept the fact that she hates him. It's a little detached. It's just all of those those feelings that I'm just putting right out there right now. These are She's coming to know as the, the film develops. And I'm smiling huge right now because it's awesome that a movie so recent is doing this. Yeah. And on first watch, I just thought it was surface value and I did not, the movie does not hold your hand. I actually have a theory. I don't remember if, uh, if I mentioned this last time, okay. I don't have kids. Right. So for me watching the movie, I'm able to watch it from a detached, 
know, what does this mean from a psychological standpoint, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You and Tim both have kids. Mm-hmm. So when you were watching it, all of the things that the kid was doing that was driving everyone insane, right? you were watching it from the standpoint of a parent of, if this was my kid, how would I be able to do with this? I, I'm, I'm making that assumption. Well, yeah, sure. But here, here's what's hard about that, though. Can you pause where you're at so I oh, can yeah, go yeah. right here? Okay. Here's what's hard about that. I am the dad. This movie was made by a woman. Yeah. And she was... Okay, uh, man, I want to say she wrote it, too. She did. She wrote it. You go into the movie. Whenever you, whenever you write anything, it becomes a little bit autobiographical. She wrote it, and she directed it. That is rare. This is why the movie is great. Um, Jennifer Kent. Jennifer Kent. Let this be a lesson to all of you writers out there and directors. Do your own stuff because this is how your stuff gets made and becomes excellent. She's a woman. She can. She can. She can write for a woman. I don't know if a man could have directed this and pulled off the layering as oh, well no. as a woman. And I did not even think about that until today whenever I was going through other people's reviews and this wasn't brought up. I was able to glean this myself and think, oh my God, nobody talked about male versus female. And then I was like, oh my God, there's another friggin' layer to this movie that I didn't even think about. She's with her son. I would not be able to direct this movie and know what that woman is going through because I would have handled the son completely different. And would my son act like that? I don't know because I'm not a woman. I was only watching her story. Yeah. I was detached from the story because I was not a mom, which was incredible. Because you're a- I w- being able to watch a movie where I'm not the hero, where I'm not one of the males in it, phenomenal. I don't get that a lot. Yeah. Don't get that a lot at all. So kudos to her for just knocking it out of the park and the actors doing their doing what they do. But um, I'm trying not to let my excitement of being able to <laughs> dissect this. Um, there really is a ton that we can say. Like it ruins what I'm saying. But um, so to answer your question, I I was separated from it. I couldn't. I couldn't. Because what you were separated, and because like, when I say that you were watching it with the mindset of if this was my kid, I don't think that you were actually thinking that. But your kid does things that annoy you, and so when this kid was doing annoying things, just without even thinking, you're probably like, "Oh my god, that's so annoying." I was saying, yeah, this this kid's annoying, and I also felt like he was acting out because there wasn't another parent there. I'm not saying it can't be two moms. I just know that whenever there's two people. On top of one kid, normally what works is if there's a yin and yang, yeah. and the mom's yang to the to the other partner's yin, whether it be a man or a woman, I don't care. I really don't care. But normally, it works out really well for the balance there. There is zero. Okay. This okay. is what's terrifying is the lack of, okay, bear Not, with me. The lack of balance is one of the terrifying layers in this. Speaking of lack of balance, it's not just Emotional the lack balance. of balance of two people. The, I, I said a little bit earlier that like we, she doesn't realize that she hates her kid until much later on. 
because all of that grief with losing her husband, okay, every time that she sees her son... So you think she hates him? She does, but that's the thing. That mm. is why he has turned into what he... Like, that's why he's so annoying. That's why he acts out so much. But the whole time... Because the mom... Because the mom is so mad at him, because he's that constant representation of losing her husband, but he's also her kid. So she can't let herself be mad at the things that he's doing. So rather than disciplining because of the fear of if I discipline, I'm going to take out that anger, she responds to the annoying things that he does with detachment. Like every time that she like overreacts at him, you can see she then overreacts to her overreaction and almost almost coddles him in the oh no what have I done and it's because of that lack of balance because of not being able to allow herself to grieve the loss of her husband to be mad at her son because of what actually happened while also loving her son okay okay with saying that mm -hmm. I didn't feel like she hated her son at all I feel like she I took it as she felt helpless and she was overtired because the grief had basically taken over and had filled up the gap that was her husband. So it wasn't so much hatred towards her son as it was just hatred of what the son represents. I understand. I understand that. But okay. And, and while that's going on, all this is being represented by the Babadook. Which right. we haven't even opened up yet. <laughs> She's feeling this on in the outward way. So whenever we peel her, let's say we peel her open, inside of her is a monster. Her emotions are the Babadook. Yeah. And it, it is phenomenal how she begins to realize that things are beginning to break. Right. There's a book that <laughs> randomly appears on her son's bookshelf. He's Since he's unbalanced at this point, and he's very needy, and he's very mommy look at me, and he... But he's also going through all the... Wait, he's seven. He's he, doing the annoying things that seven-year-olds do. Well, he doesn't do. have that balance of, a, of another person that's saying... Uh, uh, mom, rest. I'm going to take over right now. Yeah. And I'm going to look this kid dead in the eye and say, you better cut the crap. He is afraid of monsters like any little kid. He has a brilliant mind to where he starts making traps, which are pretty cool. They, that actually <laughs> come into play later. Another layer are these traps that this little kid makes that I will try to make a <laughs> parallel to. Now then, the the school basically says we need a break from your son because we can't we can't control him. He's not getting enough control at home. He's not getting enough boundaries at home because the mom is just she's wiped. Right. She literally gets a babysitter at one point, and then she just goes to the park and eats ice cream and watches other. And if she sees another couple, she gets lost in how lonely she is. Just eating her ice cream and like somebody kisses somebody else and you see it in her eyes where she's just like, 
is there hope? Like, just, is there any... She does a great job. And with the kid being that manifestation, or at least the, uh, sort of the the idol, or the representation of that fear and that guilt... Right. Because the kid is what is making her deteriorate, her deterioration is what is causing the kid to develop to be worse and worse and worse, then when he gets kicked out of school, and it is a constant, oh, these two things that are making each other worse, we're going to make them inseparable, to where the rest of the movie, they are always together, only making each other worse and worse and worse. Now the two sandpapers basically are rubbing each other. Yeah. And here's the heartbreaking thing, the whole time. He's saying, he's saying, he's basically saying, Mom, I'm going to protect you. He tries to love her so hard in the midst of him freaking out. Mom, I'm going to protect you. Throughout the whole movie, he's, he's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, Mom, I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. And this is, and this isn't coming from some like man brain. This is actually coming from like a little kid. The way it's written, it feels like a little kid. And he keeps saying, I'm going to bash its head in, which is a little boy. Would say, I'm going to kill it. You know, and he's saying this. With, he's like, with an adorable little Australian accent. Oh, my gosh, you cute. Yeah, I can't do it. But you have to hear it. Um, and I hated it until I knew what all this stuff was representing. Now then, they find this. Since they're at home, he's like, read me a book. She finds this book. It's called The Babadook. Or Mr. Um, Babadook, I think. Mr. Babadook. Spelled B-A-B-A-D-O-O-K, which is actually an anagram for a bad book. Yep. Now, I was reading somewhere. Um, I, uh, which I thought was stupid at first, but now it makes sense and it doesn't matter. Well, and I've only Plus seen it, it once. links to something else. I've only seen it once a while ago. I don't know if mm-hmm. this is the thing that you're about to link it to, but I remember when I was um, like looking into some other people's reviews of it, one person highlighted that... She was an author. Like, she was a children's book author. Mm-hmm. So, to have a bad book, which is sort of the representation of the representation of the evil. Oh, wait, the mom was a children's book author? That's that's what I remember reading someone saying. I don't actually remember that because it's been too long oh, since I, I saw the that. movie. Oh, my God. Okay. But if Perfect. she is, it's like, well, Perfect. of course, that is going to be how this thing keeps coming back and how this keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And with her psychosis, she doesn't realize that she actually wrote the book. Right. And oh, why God. it is only getting worse as time goes on. Whenever they first read it, whenever they first read it, the book is not so bad. What Nathan is saying right now is during the movie, the book has more pages in it that are more and more grotesque and frightening. Yeah. If that's your little family. Holy one, crap. One of the drawings of the Babadook in the book, to me, creepier than the actual Babadook. Just because it's that weird, like, I can see why a kid would like, oh my god, that's terrifying. Yeah. The um, So I have this picture uh, brought up because, Lucas, I wanted you to see it. She's reading Three Little Pigs to her son. Right. But look at the picture of the big bad wolf the behind big bad the wolf three little pigs. He's dressed like the Babadook. It is just Holy sort of crap. a black shadowy figure with gloves, a white face, and a top, top hat, hat. Just like the Babadook was. Very good. So, Oh, God. And yet another layer that is actually visual for the movie. Fantastic. Yeah. And I'm so I mean, excited. <laughs> what does the big bad wolf say throughout all of the three little pigs? I will huff. I will puff. I will blow your house in. Right. Think of house not only in terms of the physical housing structure, right. but what a home is for a family. So her home is getting ripped apart 
by the Babadook, which is her fear and her grief and all of these other negative emotions that she doesn't allow herself to feel. Right. But because she's not actually dealing with the grief of losing her husband, they're only growing as time goes on. And they're manifesting, turning her into some sort of a monster. Holy God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If you guys are hating this podcast right now, it's because we are enjoying ourselves so much by analyzing the crap out of this movie, um, which hopefully you're enjoying, too. If you're not, you're probably not going to enjoy whenever it's just Nathan and Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> which it might be more and more of. <laughs> right. I'm trying to change my schedule so that I can do more guy stuff. Now then... Um, so then we, we finally got to the book. We've spoiled the whole thing. We're jumping all over the place, but in what we're doing, that's okay. Right. Because it's not a review. review re- a review. A review. Uh, and at this point, if, if you listen to us at the beginning, the people who are still listening, the ones who have actually seen the movie. Correct. So it's not like, what, huh? What's that happening at the end? What? Yeah. I, I guess we should we should put in the linear notes, not an actual review of the movie. Yeah. Do I keep saying review? You do. <clears throat> we are not saying whether or not you should watch it. This is if you have watched it, come dissect it with us. Yeah, we're, we're dissecting. We should just say we are dissecting the Babadook. If you haven't seen it, you will be lost. Yeah. Go see the Babadook. We recommend seeing the Babadook. So speaking of spoiling the ending, the, the when I watched it, the ending is the one part that... That when I was watching, it's just like, you know what? I really don't like how it ends. Because essentially the way that she defeats the Babadook is she yells at it. I didn't like it when I was watching it. When you and I talked last time and right. I was like really tearing everything apart. Right. And I, I realized, oh, wait a second. It's not she's defeating the Babadook by yelling at it. Right. And then she like just keeps it chained up in the basement. So she's like she keeps it as a pet. Okay. You said chained up, but we have no proof well, of chains. Yeah, it's... She it's, keeps it alive in the basement. She feeds it. Right, which is another analogy. But it's when we were talking about it that I realized, wait a second, it's not just her yelling at some hypothetical monster. Mm-hmm. It is her finally coming to terms with those negative emotions, realizing that the Babadook is not her son. The fear, the anger, the grief, all of those other things, even though her son might remind her of them, that is not them. So she was able to be mad that her husband is dead, while at the same time still accepting her son for who he is. I didn't, so mm. for, for me, she was feeding into the, hey, wait a second, if I bottle this anger up, it's only going to grow. If I find an appropriate way to feed it in a healthy manner, right. then she keeps it at bay which, which, while addressing it. Which I agree with, but what I don't agree with what you said is... Uh, what you said made me think that you were saying that he was kind of the Babadook. Whenever well, the kid's not the Babadook. No, she starts becoming she starts becoming influenced by the Babadook, which is the negativity, because she's being very loving to him the whole time. But whenever she starts cracking, her voice changes a little bit, becomes more gravelly. She becomes very short with him, yelling at him, calling him stupid. At one point, telling him to eat shit if he's hungry. Yeah. Which she would have never done in the first 40 minutes of the movie. But from her standpoint, like when she starts seeing the the Babadook Babadook becomes becomes more real and she begins... Once she she realizes that the Babadook has become more real to her and she is actually going through a lot of 
actually psychosis because she doesn't know where the book's from. She doesn't know where the book's from. She destroys the book. The book magically returns again, but with newer pages, foreshadowing what is to become of her family, and maybe a dog, and herself, which is terrible, terrible, and then you're dead. Um, well, you're dead, you're dead, and you're dead. All by the Babadook, which the Babadook is you. The book literally tells her you're going crazy. I'm Well, not literally, but she, dissecting it, the book tells her in story children's storybook form, you are going crazy, and you are the Babadook. So I didn't realize this until just now. The book is not telling her that she's going crazy. Okay. <clears throat> Who first picks the book as saying, let's read this one tonight? The little boy. Mm-hmm. Who keeps finding the book? Oh, the little boy keeps finding the book. Who thinks that the Babadook is real when no one else does before the mom oh, realizes the little boy. it? So, out of the mouth of babes, the little boy is starting to see his mother deteriorate. So the reason that he thinks the Babadook is real when she is still denying it is because he is seeing her slowly go insane. So, so the whole so the whole movie we're actually watching it through his eyes. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, because it's like if you have a really oh really I didn't terrible realize day, that till just now. Okay, like if you have a terrible day and you're like, no, I'm fine, whatever. Like you're essentially denying all of your anger. Your kid probably says, Daddy, what's wrong? Nothing. Go. Oh wait, I just yelled. Yeah, maybe I am upset. Like kids realize that parents have something wrong way earlier than the parents do. Right. I mean, think of all the classic examples of. You know, like any sort of dramatic movie where it's the kid just, why are mommy and daddy fighting? We're not fighting. We're just, the kids see it for what it is. Oh, my kid picks up on, my my son will be seven this year. He's he's the age <laughs> of this kid right now. And he does pick up on this stuff. Yeah. So quick. Like, he'll tell me to be nice and stuff whenever, like, I'm pumped up about something and I'm talking. He senses passion. I mean, well, anybody would, I guess, but I don't see it. We're, we're at home. see it so much easier. And sometimes he'll he'll come whenever he feels like I'm being too much because my wife is a little bit more sense, way more sensitive than almost anyone I know. Um, true, true. <laughs> and uh, my son will he will protect her from anything that he feels like is getting too passionate, not even in a negative way, but too hyped up because he knows that my wife does not. Um, respond well to that regardless if it's positive or negative. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just people's personalities and I know that this kid is trying to protect his mom from herself. And as a director and a writer to write that and direct it so well excellent. It makes me not hate this kid anymore. It makes me say oh my god she nailed it again. Yeah. Now, when you watch this movie, you probably will hate the kid because he is so grating. Like, his voice is that weird high pitch. But are we flip-flopping from the mom to the kid? But in a very is, realistic is, way. Is that what's happening, though? Whenever we hate the kid and then we flip-flop to we need him? Well, no, the or kid, is this just the a kid story is being who he is. Uh-huh. But And, like, that's one of the things that even though when I was watching it and I already knew that you and Tim didn't like it because of the kid, I was like... Oh, I gotcha. But... We're seeing him but on the he surface. Really is like if you were the kid going through all of this, this really is how you would act. Right. He is so annoying because he is so real. That's like, so contrast good. it to The Shining. 
contrast it to the kid with That's red it. rum red rum right like yeah you're kind of watching the movie through his eyes ish and you feel bad for him because of all the stuff that's happening right but he's not that realistic of a kid in in terms of if you have a kid who's hearing voices and you know little timmy's the guy who talks in my mouth right the kid would be freaking out tony. and doing tony he'd be doing all these things so much worse than what the kid in the shining does so even though I, I love The Shining, it is yes. one of my favorite horror movies. And they talk about The Shining. They compare this, this some of the stuff to it. Yeah. like which, you, It's completely different movies, but at the same time, there are parallels. Well, and if you're watching it, you're and not Rosemary's watching Baby. the kid parallels, as parallels. that kid is, oh my gosh, watching Babadook. That is a realistic representation of a kid. My sister, this is, like, she love-hates this movie because of... Because she is a mother, and because it does have a lot of conflicting and negative emotions towards kids, and as a mother, that fear of, what if I don't raise my kid right? What if my kid turns out to be like this? What if my husband's gone and I'm left alone? Right. And so for her, this movie was terrifying. Or my partner. Because of some (laughs) of those things. I don't want to alienate anybody. Right. Husband, partner, whatever. Whatever. If, If you don't have somebody helping you... Raising a kid is not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, a, a very minor side note. Um, okay. One of the things that I noted, towards the end of the film, um, there are a couple of times that like the lights just switch off. Okay. And this is when she is very clearly exhausted. Like It's made very right. abundant. She's not been sleeping. She's exhausted. And I was like, I, does the Babadook only show up when the lights are off? Does it only show up when she is asleep? Because, like, at one point, the kid even comes in and is like, Mommy, wake up. And so is, are you saying is she a sleepwalking Babadook? Essentially. Is like, she making the noises? Yeah. Like, is the kid scared of the Babadook because the mom is asleep and, like, yelling and doing all of the stuff in her sleep? And if you're a kid in your bedroom, if you were seven years old and you hear coming through the walls, right. I don't Yeah. Like, that's probably someone... Some sleep talking. Right, like yelling and doing stuff in their sleep. Mm. And then, uh, obviously, if it is... If the Babadook does only show up when she's asleep... Right. Then when when the audience sees the Babadook, we're seeing it through her eyes in terms of maybe some dreamlike state. Now, I don't know, because, again, I watched it once. I didn't go back and really look at, does it only show up when the lights are off? But towards the end, it is a very clear, the light shut off, Babadook starts doing stuff, the kid comes in and says, Mommy, you're asleep, wake up. Mommy, wake up, wake up. Right. No. Yeah, there's are, that side note. Are we looking at it too deep? Are we not? Who cares? We, we love it. Um, it's actually, I think, up for interpretation. So who cares? Take right. with it what you will. But for us, peeling the layers like this and, and kind of going a little bit deeper like that, it, it makes this particular movie... Um, as a mature movie, as an adult movie, way more fun to watch and way more fun. It helps me uh, to respect the movie making process all the more. Whenever I get jaded and just turned off and everything, um, being able to being able to do this with a movie um, yeah. really ignites my fire and, and gives me some hope for the future. That that I hope that people that just want to cash in on movies and don't really have a lot of heart in what they're doing um, 
will listen back and say, you know what, um, I'm going to give it a shot. Well, and that's one of the things, I think that's one of the reasons that I really enjoyed it when I saw it and why you've come around to really enjoying it. Right. Is it's not just like the kind of horror movie that you can watch, things jump out at you, and it's like, oh man, it was so much fun. And that's it. Like, right. this is one that stays with you. This is one that you can dissect, that you can look at, oh, did they mean to do this? Is this what this stood for? Mm-hmm. Now, um, the director and, could and have written it and it'd just be like, I, there's a monster in the shadows. That's it. And normally I just want that. And normally I hate when people are trying to prove a point. But this one, to me, was not so overbearing. Um, even if it is, uh, this one was one that I gave a shot again because um, somebody can miss me. It might be a good idea. And sometimes I need that. Sometimes I think any of us need it because right now it's all about snap judgments. We give everything thumbs up automatically or a like or a kissy face or a smiley face or a check or whatever. And we, we judge things so harshly. A kind of smirking demon. Yeah, whatever. Um, everything is emoji. At this point, and uh, it's awful. It is absolutely <laughs> horrendous that uh, everything is knee jerk. It needs to the knee jerk stuff needs to stop because it isn't feeding us intellectually in any way or artistically. It's very shallow, and um, money isn't everything at all, and it shouldn't be your security. And um, a movie like this really helps prove that even though they did have a $2 million budget, it was a Kickstarter movie. It was based off of, of a short from 2005, if I'm correct. Um, I think it's called The Monster. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it. I need to see it. I wish I would have seen it before I talked um, today, but... Eh, we can't do everything. I have zero commentary on that, so go check that out if you haven't heard about it. Um, and... Okay. I... I felt. Let me go back to the, yeah. end, the ending of the movie. At the end, whenever she realizes. Oh wait, let me say this before. The little boy has made contraptions to kill monsters and stuff because he believed in monsters at the beginning. Mention this, and he's made weapons. His mom starts really lashing out at him, and the Babadook or her emotions really start taking over, and she cannot control herself anymore. The grieving, and the anger, and the sadness have just taken over, and she's taken it out on him. He's like, you're you're the monster mom. He literally says, you're the Babadook. He whips her ass <laughs> with these contraptions, which sounds convoluted, but the way they do it, it's not. And she, she snaps out of it. I mean, she doesn't snap out of it. Like you said, when she screams and they've warn each other out basically you've got to see it it's not one of those you got to see it to believe it but it they do it well yeah because this lady isn't a man (laughs) so she was able to make this happen well and um it just adds a a little layer to not a little layer but it adds an important layer to this child and it's just good script writing whenever you're able to tie everything together so tightly, which you don't see a lot. So I would say read the script as well. I wish I would like to read a copy of the script and see what's up with it. Yeah. Where I'm going with this is she screams and 
she's like, I can't deal with this anymore. We didn't even talk about how her sister doesn't want them to even come over anymore because of all the problems they're having, and she doesn't well, and like, like her at son's birthday party, uh, or maybe it was her, her sister's kid's party. Um, he, he pushes some kid out of a treehouse. Yeah, he's getting violent. Yeah, he's lashing out too. Yeah, because what are his only role models? Right. Because mom's been lashing out too, so he's lashing out, and uh, it's his norm. So she doesn't want this to be the norm anymore. She realizes after they both wear each other out at the end, she screams and just kind of breaks, get out of my house, you know, get out of here. Since this isn't just a straight monster movie, since it is a movie that's, that's really about inner demons, inner monsters, the grayscale leaves disappears whenever we come to a, a realization that something is wrong we need to deal with it yeah well and even if quick, we don't know how real quick that grayscale not like a black and white it's kind of like watching oh brother where art thou where it's right. kind of that muted right the colors look right but kind of off so that everything is just very you can definitely tell something's changed yeah just very pale very so to book in the yeah. movie it's brighter because there's hope now the hope is back. The There's a little bit more balance now. They are digging for grubs and worms. They put them in a bowl. <laughs> she takes them downstairs and slides them or just sets it in the floor. And you're like, oh my God, are you kidding me? The bowl goes into the darkness on its own. You don't see anything. And then terrible noise, and she gets grabbed and choked and lifted up. And um, she either yells at it or it lets her go. And it goes, whatever it is, we know it doesn't, you don't see it, but you know it goes back into the corner and she goes back upstairs. And the little boy says, How is it today? And she says, Not so bad today. Yeah. Holy crap. That itself is basically him saying, Mom, how are you feeling today? Do you, do you have it together? And she goes, the inner demons aren't so bad today. I, I feel bad, but I got it under control. The okay, it lives in the basement. In the basement is also a shrine to the dad. The Babadook lives there now. Okay. You cannot... The book, <laughs> the book says you cannot get rid of the Babadook. Right. Which is basically... You're always going to go through things in your life, and some things are scarring for the rest of your life. Losing a husband, a wife, a child, an animal that you love forever, sometimes that doesn't go away, but you cannot let it dominate your life. Yeah. You have to deal with it, and, and you know what? If it ha if it, Sometimes it's so big that it, it does live with you, but keep it you – can, you can keep it in the basement if you – you can. Not if you want to. Everybody wants to. Deep down, I'm sure everybody wants to. I know that's a blanketed statement, but nobody likes to feel bad, I'm pretty sure. You can keep it in the basement, and sometimes you have to feed it. That means you have to visit it and just say, I know you're here. It hurts, but you have no control over me. But I do realize that you are something that has happened, and I cannot ignore that you exist. Yeah. And, and now I'm going away, and I'm going to live my life, and I'm going to be happy. Which is the ending of this movie. And that is 
like, even though I hated that she just yelled at it, but then when it did that piece. Hey, man, scream therapy. Shout, shout, let it all out. Well, yeah, like, but when the Duke's like, growing and growing, and oh, it's like, right. oh, it's going to destroy him, and she just yells. But then there's that ending scene that you just described. Right. And that, that to me, kind of resaved the movie that I was already loving. I, I hated when she yelled at it. But then that scene made sense, because it was like, right. oh, right. She could feel it welling up inside of her. She probably went to the... Okay. She had to feed it, not in a making it stronger, but it's like if you have a terrible, terrible day, you don't just say, no, my day's fine. I'm No, I, I have no negative emotions. Right. You have to acknowledge that those emotions exist. You have to do mm-hmm. something to address them to keep them from getting out of hand. So you almost have to feed it to keep it from growing. You have to say... I am a human that has negative emotions. I have to acknowledge them because when I don't, that's when it gets out of control. That's when right. it attacks me in my sleep. That's when I lash out at my kid. She was able to, instead of repressing the Babadook, she was able to suppress the Babadook. And that's what happened whenever it was growing. She suppressed it. You know how how do you how are you going to be able to show that you know how do you show emotions this is this is an analogy and everything uh, metaphor yeah right um, whatever am I I don't know <laughs> it's one thing that means a different thing there we go and um, just her shouting or whatever maybe she needed to scream maybe she just needed to blow off some steam because she's very meek and mild and just in until all the stuff comes out if every once in a while she needs to scream. And but, that, and that but helps in that healthy suppress way where she is screaming at the grief, at the anger. Yes, it is directed. what she had been doing where she was screaming at her kid. Right, because she, again, yes. the kid stood for the loss of her husband. As she was un- able yes. to separate it. As unhealthy and crazy as it sounds and looks, it's realistic, it is healthy, and it's a movie that shows you can direct the terrible feelings and the sadness at the terrible negative thing that has happened that that is um, the monster in your life yeah and live happy with the people that you love and that is amazing could a man have really pulled that off i don't know because I don't women think it think could have come across the same way with the same actors she did such a good job of portraying these emotions and and everything that was actually layered that we've dissected ourselves. And of course the way we dissect it is we're actually looking into ourselves projecting onto the film, which is another layer that you get to do. And it's what we've talked about ourselves. This movie, if I stand back is about me. Yeah. A hundred percent. And Nathan knows me how real that is for me. I have a Babadook that is crazy that I keep in my basement through drugs. <laughs> Should clarify medication. It's medication. <laughs> I call it brain candy. Um, but yeah, it's not self-medication either. Yeah, This not. is prescribed by a doctor and it's just a minute a bit. It's a tiny amount compared to a lot of things and it has really kept my Babadook down. Now, does my Babadook show up a lot? Yeah, maybe a few times a week, but I'm able to shout. Well, and being able to recognize, like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. that's my Bob Dick Horizon. I'm going to go deal with that. Yeah. So all of you other people who actually want to talk to me right now, uh-uh, don't. 
let me go feed this for a little bit. Yeah. Then come back and, and talk about something. Yeah, and because I will feel better. And everything will be sunshiny and the grayscale will go away and I will have hope again. Yeah. Because I, I, the movie, the movie speaks to me after Nathan and I had really dissected it the first time. Like I said, coming back to it, hated the movie when I first saw it because I thought it was a rubber monster movie. This is about that stupid monster. Oh God, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. What if you look at it like this? Oh God, this is an adult movie. So, um, are there any cappers to this? Um, maybe, maybe more of just like some side note, honorable mention type stuff, along with all of the the core of what made the movie so great. Yeah, hit me. it was also just a really well done movie. Yes. Like I, I love the sound mixing. The um, like you've mentioned a few times with that grayscale, it definitely had a very unique tone. Um, like it was just a well done movie. If Regardless I'm, of whether uh, or not you liked it because of the kid, et cetera, et cetera, right. watching it from a filmmaker standpoint, it's like, this, bravo, this was well done. So many movies, you can't hear the dialogue, and then, oh no, there's scary music, and it blares everything out, and like, oh, I can't hear anything. Right. This one does a good job of kind of like very subtle music in the background, right. driving that emotion. Which like there, really helps with the slow burn as there well. There were a few times that I did not realize that music was playing until I kind of stopped for a second. Just That music's been going on for a while. I only realized <laughs> that the music was there right. when it stopped. And like, wait a second, why do things feel different? Right. So it, it was just really, really well done. Um, I love the design of the Babadook. Looks super creepy. Yeah. It, especially because it lived in the shadows. Yep. So the entire movie, it was, what is it? Does it look like this? Does it really look like the child's drawing? Does it look like that? Right. And it's just... So So there's that piece of just the actual film quality. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. It's I, I, I loved it. Yeah. So much that you could tear into it. Yeah, it was crazy. I haven't been able to tear into a movie like this in so long and I look I look forward to being able to uh, dissect another one sometime not sure what it's going to be yet um, you know and uh, the only other thing that I could say is whenever the movie first came out I think for the Kickstarter or for people that have donated or whatever there was something there was some... No, they made 2,000 copies of the pop-up book. Oh, did we mention it was a pop-up book? <sighs> I want one of those pop-up books. Uh, signed Except by... Except that I don't, because that would honestly kind of creep me out a little bit. They Okay, so they made... <laughs> they made 2,000 of them. They were $80 a piece, but signed by the cast. How cool is that? Um, if they had that, and it was packaged with the script... I would definitely throw $80 to get a signed copy um, with a script of it. I would. Yeah. I definitely want to read the script for this um, because I like to do that with movies that I like. Um, but go see The Babadook. Yeah. And uh, catch us next time. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. You know what? Buy The Babadook. Yes. Purchase The Babadook. Don't steal it. It Buy. it is on Netflix, so you can go watch. You can watch I it don't on know Netflix. If it's still there now. I checked yesterday. Oh, um, okay. It's it's still there. Well, if you're so reading, for the time being, if you're reading this right now, it you know what? I haven't seen any crappy art 
for the Babadook yet. Yeah. So until somebody ruins the cover art, <laughs> like they do, you can almost judge a good movie by the cover art at this point because if you don't have any heart in your art for the cover, you suck. Like I can I can judge your movie just by how much garbage Photoshop you've done and how much you don't Yeah, care. but I've seen a few covers that I really liked the cover. Watched the movie and it was terrible. Yeah, but you have terrible taste sometimes. That's true. But it was also like the type <laughs> of movie that when you look at the cover, it's like, oh, this is going to be like one of those if you great, say the word, cheesy... If you say the word Oculus, I'm going to ram both my thumbs into your eye sockets. No. Because uh, that it, movie had zero heart. It was Oasis of the Zombies. The cover for it looks fantastic. Okay, don't mention zombies. Oh, God, it's so anymore. boring. Okay, it's, zombie movies have lost all the heart for a long time. You know what? At some point, we are going to talk about zombies. Okay. If, if for I no will... other reason than talking about uh, Frankenstein's army. Sure. Yeah. Talking if, about a movie with heart. If for no other reason, we are going to talk about zombies okay, through Frankenstein's it's... army okay, and Dead Snow. you mentioned Frankenstein's army. You yeah. know what, Dead Snow? Even if I didn't think it was great, I saw the heart in Dead Snow. Dead Snow is fun. Dead Snow. Did you see the sequel yet? I'm not. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I'm zombied out. I've been zombied out for years. People keep doing zombies and trying to change it, but in my opinion, you really can't. So maybe that's for another time, or maybe that's next. Here's why zombies don't work. Here, here's a... a, a um, Are you throwing a bladed statement at us? Here's why a... Here's a trailer for why you should keep listening to more episodes that we do. Great. Zombies don't work now. Because they've lost what made them horrific. What makes good horror good horror is it plays on the fears of society at the time. Part of what makes Babadook so great oh, is the fear of not being able to handle your own emotions and what does it mean to have negative emotions towards your kid? How can you balance that out? What parent isn't terrified of that? Oh, and for God's sake, have some likable characters. And you need... Uh, you need an ounce of comedy in there that's real and not forced. Dear God, people, if you're not funny, anyway, yeah. that's for next time. So horror horror movies that don't actually play off of a, of a fear, that are trying to be serious, right? they don't work. Now, if you're doing zombies, yeah, sure, why not? Guys, it's just a chance to cut things in half. It's fun. Then it can work. It's when they try to use zombies as the vehicle when it doesn't represent the horrors of society. I don't know what that is right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm sure that if I sat down and looked at horror movies over the last 10 years, I could start figuring out, oh, this is why this type of horror movie is so prolific and why it really feeds off these fears because right. of these fears. But just like a blanket, what are the best type of horror movies right now? Oh, man. There's so many different types out there pulling off different things. Anyways... Getting into a much bigger, broader topic. Yeah, that's for later when we dissect the genre. Yeah. I guess we could do zombies next. Possibly. Frankenstein's Army? Yeah, I'll watch you, it before next time. Do you want to do Frankenstein's Army and then talk about zombies? Yeah. We, um, we can do that. I'm we down. can do that because we can do Frankenstein's Army, Zombievers, I'm and pa- Dead I'm, Snow. I'm pretty passionate about... I doubt that we would need a full episode for those three movies. Right. But in talking about zombies... Fun versus zombies, serious horror genre. I think that those three mm-hmm. could probably work out pretty well for it. Would we be would we be able to parallel that with um, Not a Living Dead or 
even white zombie or Silver oh. Dynamite Rainbow. See what I mean? God. All right. See what I we, mean? We will go back and do some classic zombies. We have lots of episodes planned. See how I'm zombied out, guys? We literally mentioned six zombie movies that are decent to great. Didn't even mention Return of the Living Dead. Didn't even mention Day of the Dead. Didn't mention Dawn of the Dead. To me, 28 Days Later. Didn't mention 28 Days Later, which I love. Yeah. Technically not zombie, but it is totally zombie. Didn't even say Shaun of the Dead. Here, at some point I want to do 28 Days Later because I just figured out why 28 Days Later works as a zombie movie. There was air quotes around works. Uh Works as a zombie movie. Right. Because it's not actual zombies. Because it's playing on a different societal fear. So then we get to break down what does zombie actually mean? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, until next time, guys. Yeah. This is Lucas. This is Nathan. And you have just listened to another... This was a meal. <laughs> of. Uh... Well, no, this was the, uh, the Monster Pod. This was the Monster Pod. Yeah. Holy crap.